Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Okay, my lovely wife, Mandy. Let's hear it for this amazing lady. Yay, go Mandy. All right, pray for me. Thanks, guys. All right. Father, we just thank you so much for tonight, God, and I just ask that you would pour out your presence over each of us, that you would speak to us tonight, that you use Derek to speak your words. Father, I ask for your anointing in and through him, God, to communicate what is on your heart. Lord, I pray that we would even leave this place changed on the inside, that we would fall more in love with you, God. And that we would be bright lights to this dark world, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for tonight. Be exalted in this place. Amen. 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 Thank you, honey. Appreciate it. And then I almost tripped you when you were done. Please forgive me. Man, us guys have a hard time getting things right sometimes. <laughs> Where would we be without our better half, right, Dave? Not... <laughs> yeah, we don't. Good answer on the spot. <laughs> but... Um, you know, this is one of my favorite subjects, and, and so I'm going to have fun here for a minute, but I love talking about God. I love talking about all kinds of ministry and revival and all, all the different subjects we need to talk about, financial faithfulness. I mean, there's a thousand things that we can and should talk about, but I think we need to talk about God himself far more, and so that's what I'm focusing on tonight. Uh, let me read Psalm 27.4 here briefly, and then you'll kind of know where I'm heading. But this is the well-known David verse that we always quote in prayer meetings and prayer gatherings and worship times. We say, Psalm 27.4, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. That will I seek after. David had one primary focus of his life. It was the ultimate. Even though he was a political ruler, and he was a military ruler, and he was wealthy, and he had all these things, all these responsibilities, but, but he wrote in the Psalms that his chief ambition was actually to seek God. And I read David's life, and I'm like, Lord, make me at least like 10% of that man. I mean, he just... I mean, imagine if you're president and commander-in-chief and you build a prayer room and you're the chief worship leader and you're all of these things. And he says, I do all that, but the main thing I do is I seek God. I mean, if President Biden came out and said, guys, I know I'm the commander-in-chief. I know I'm president. I even do a house of prayer on the side, but I just want you guys to know, America, that God is my priority and I seek him. with all. I mean, we'd be like shocked, like, whoa. Any president or anybody in authority that would say that, we'd be blown away. And I pray that that day would come one day where we'd have a, a vocal person like that. But man, that was what David did. And when we kind of talk about the Bible days and the people in the Bible, sort of like, almost like it wasn't real, but this was a real man with real responsibilities, real, uh, I mean, the, he would actually go fight in war. <laughs> 
people would die and he'd kill people and then he'd come back to the tabernacle and worship. And I'm just like, how did that work? That's so interesting. But David was so amazing. And he says, this is the one thing I desire. This is what I'm seeking to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And then he throws this in to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. We talked about that part last week, inquiring, asking God, um, seeking his direction. That's what we're doing this month. But there is an element of the beauty of God that, that, that was an obsession of David's. He wanted to know the Lord. He didn't want to do, you know, religion. He wanted to know God. And in fact, he became the, the man after God's own heart. Like God stamped it in the Bible. This man really was after my heart. It's true. And so we believe what he's saying here because in the book of Acts, in the New Testament, God validates and says he really was a man after my heart. He wanted to know me. And there is a generation God is raising up that has this heartbeat. This Davidic heartbeat, which is, it was the heartbeat of Jesus. Jesus was the ultimate seeker of God, but David was kind of the Old Testament, I think, you know, not to say no one else was, was at his level, but he certainly, I mean, if you're the man after God's own heart, that's, that's incredible. And so that's kind of the, the gist of or the verse that I'm launching off of, I should, I should say it like that. But let me just start here on number two. I'm going to skip the intro. I'm going to go to number two. And I just want to talk about the subject of God before we get into the beauty of God, which I think is a subset of that. But I have written here that there is nothing more fascinating or entertaining in the whole universe than God himself. And I want you to really think about that. If there's one statement tonight that I want you to think about beyond tonight, it's that statement. There is nobody, there is no thing more fascinating, more amazing, more glorious than this person who is God, who we worship. And sometimes we just need to think on that. I mean, if you think about it, like on a day like today where you can, you know, there's clouds in the sky, beautiful day. Uh, maybe a tad chilly. I could use a little more warmth, but it's pretty cool. But the stars are going to come out tonight. You're going to look at the stars. The moon will be there. And, and we're talking about a person who made that. And by the way, we just sit on this giant ball that just floats in the middle of our universe. The person who made that is who I'm talking about. I mean, we see like, you know, Michelle and all of us, we just sang to him and we pray to him every night here, and we have our quiet times where we talk to him. But sometimes we just need to remember this man, this person, is so incredible. I mean, there's just no word for it. David used the word beauty of the Lord. And one thing I want to just right away speak to is when we say the beauty of God, <laughs> some people think like, well, are we going to see him? And he's going to be like so handsome. We're going to be like, whoa. No, it's not like that. I mean, one day we'll see God face to face and we're not going to go like, whoa, you're, you're more handsome than even Tom Cruise. Oh my goodness. That has, that the beauty of the Lord is not, that's not what David's getting at. But, you know, some people think that, but, and I mean, certainly he's going to be glorious and light and I mean, we can't get into all of it, but, but the beauty of the Lord, what that means is that in every way, 
Every attribute, every aspect of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is at the most high pinnacle of perfection. And so whether, you know, we, we are human, so we have to think of in terms of uh, attributes. Even though God is one being, we can't just slice him into a hundred things and he's just who he is, but we have to think in terms of, okay, here's his love, here's his kindness, here's his judgment, here his, here's his power, and we slice it into a thousand slices to kind of study him. But in each category, he is the pinnacle. There is nobody more loving. I mean, he is just the absolute most loving person you will ever know times infinity. <laughs> I don't I mean, we're getting to, you know, there's just no comparison. I mean, think about the most loving person you've ever met. Even that person will let you down. But God is only love. There's, there's no sin in him. There, there's just only perfection. And so when we talk about the beauty of the Lord, there's the whole thing is just incredible. And I want to assure you, he's not going to let you down. You're not going to get to heaven one day and look at him and be like, oh, that's boring. Ah, I wish he was a little more. You are going to be utterly undone, as undone as the living creatures and the angels and the 24 elders that are there right now. You will be that undone. You will be moved to worship for the rest of eternity. And we can get tastes of that now, but... I'm telling you, it's going to go to a whole other, I mean, based on what God's word says, when, when we're in heaven, it's not going to be like, oh, I regret serving Jesus, it's so boring here, all we do is float on a cloud and sing the same song over and over, and it, it, I just, I assure you, whatever you're thinking in your mind about heaven and the person of God, it's billions of times more amazing than, than you and I are thinking. I just, uh, I, I love talking about this because there's just, I mean, the person who made the galaxy, the person who made all the galaxies, here's the thing, we're, we're as a society, as, as a global society, we're just getting to Mars, okay? I mean, that, the furthest of the technological reach that we have, I mean, it's impressive. We're putting, we landed on the moon a couple of decades ago, now we're getting out to Mars, we're putting machines on Mars. But in the grand scheme of all the universes, this is like one millimeter deep into the endless, vast universes that God has made. And that's just what we know about. I mean, there is, there is so much to this person. And one other thing I want to mention quickly is you're not going to get to heaven and look at the throne of God and see like a stack of papers and it's like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a doctrine sitting there. <laughs> There'll be a real person sitting there. And I think sometimes people so over-theologize, I don't even know if that's a word, they so overdo the theology that they're thinking that when they get to heaven, there's going to be like a few pieces of paper that they served their whole life, when in reality, there's a, there's a being who is your Father and is the Son and is the Holy Spirit. Now, it's a, it's a mystery because the, the biblical revelation of God is that He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is one person expressed in three persons. And I don't get that, and I don't think we ever will on this side of eternity. But that's the orthodox Christian uh, position for the last 2,000 years, is that the God we serve 
is expressed in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And the second person of the Trinity, the Son, came to the earth for 33 years, died for us. And so that's how we can uh, be in heaven and whatnot. And I don't want to get too too into the doctrine of the Trinity, but you guys follow what I'm saying. I mean, this, this is not going to be a letdown. The, the, the small glimmers that we get on this side of eternity are going to be just, we're going to get there and go, oh my goodness, you were... You're just, you're more amazing than I've ever imagined. Jesus made a really astounding statement in John 17. I can hear my son Zeke praying for mom. <laughs> He's going to be an intercessor one day. John 17, 3. This is in, uh, right before Jesus prays his high priestly prayer in John 17. He says, I want you to know what eternal life is. He says it's, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. He likens eternal life to knowing God. Meaning that eternal life is not just a, a, a duration of time, it's a depth of experience. We will know God more and more and more and more for the rest of eternity. His love will become more real to us. His patience his leadership, his wisdom, his creative abilities, we'll discover that for endless billions and trillions of years. A lot of Christians don't think about heaven. I read a book by Andy, uh, Randy Alcorn a couple of years ago. I did a whole series on it. Begin to think more about heaven and eternity because that's where we're going. We're, we're here for like a bleak, like the Bible describes it as a mist and then it's here and gone and then we're in eternity. And so that's, it's just so important to orient ourselves to let's make decisions here that make sense if we're going to be there for eternity. So anyway, that's just my real quick wanted to touch on the subject of God. We can't talk about this enough. Let me just talk a little bit about the beauty of God. I, I want to just reiterate because, you know, it sounds like a silly term. Beauty of God, what? I, like that. But just think of Every way that you know Jesus, the love, the patience, the kindness, the wisdom, whatever, there's so many things that we want to talk about, the power, the judgment, thoughtfulness, anything. He is the ultimate. You're never going to meet someone more thoughtful, more powerful, more creative. He is the pinnacle in every which way. And that's good news. I cannot stress this enough. We're not going to get to heaven and go, ah, that's all you are. Our heart is going to explode again and again, gang. A thousand years in, like I like to describe it like this. God, if you can imagine like your favorite beach, just bring that to mind, your favorite beach. Now, on either direction you're standing is just infinite. The whole seashore from left to right is infinite completely. And every granule of sand that you could ever find that way and that way for eternity is one insight. And that whole seashore, that's the beginning of the knowledge of God. That's not even the ocean. And the ocean extends infinitely that way, and it progressively gets deeper forever. And every little scoop you can scoop, that's the deeper stuff, and it's just going to go on and on and on. That's how big God is. There, there is no end to God. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Truman Show. It's kind of a neat, unique movie. Um, 
he he didn't know it, but he was in this world that was created for him, and he was the star of the show, and he didn't know it till the very end. But there comes a point at the end of the movie where, like, they find the end of the world. <laughs> it was just the funniest ending. There's, like, a door, and it was just like, oh, it's kind of disappointing. There was, like, it looked like it was the real world, but it was just there was this end. And for some reason, I kind of think about, you know, when it comes to God, our heart thinks like, well, there's got to be like we're, we just thud, the boat hits the wall, and it's over. It's the end of God, and it's never there. There's, God has never been created. He's always been for eternity, and he always will be for eternity, and our mind just can't get that. Our mind is finite. He's infinite. And so it just, there's this clash that happens, but there will never, will never for the rest of eternity fully come to the end of him. And that's good news. Because would you want to serve someone and worship someone and devote your life to someone who was finite and had an end? I just don't, I don't think I would, I would go there. I, want, I, wouldn't, I would want to give my whole life to only someone who is the sovereign Lord, the God of the Bible. I think what I'm discovering is that we have a fascination issue in the church. A lot of people are bored and, and leaders are scratching their head. Christians are like, why am I, why don't I, like, I don't like reading the Bible anymore. I don't like prayer. I don't like that. What's going on? And what I think we need to do is we need, we need to rediscover God and all of his glory and beauty. The secret is what David talked about here. David was obsessed. He's like, yeah, I got to do this job over here. I got to run Israel and I got to do the military thing, go to war. And, and then I'm over here, I'm building this. But really what really gets me going is, is God. And I want to encourage you and challenge you is just set your heart every day to get to know him a little more. Dig through his word, have a prayer time, and let this become the obsession of your life again. Yes, we have to go to work. Yes, we have to, uh, you know, lead our families. And there's so many things we have to do, but let's not neglect the most important person who gave us our life, who um, gave us our health, who provides financially for us. I mean, there's so many things he does for us. Let's put him first. I uh, watched a movie once on how fascinating creation is. I'm, I'm really into uh, those kinds of movies. And something struck me. I forget the name of it. It was like, uh, it was the case, you know, there's a book, The Case for Christ, but then they did another one called The Case for the Creator. It might even be on YouTube. And it just, it went through how supernaturally the world is designed and how precise, mathematically, gravity, all these things. And they got to the human body and they said, oh man, it blew my mind. They said, just one cell in your body is complex beyond comprehension. One cell, and you have like a hundred billion or you know hundreds of billions of cells in your body right now doing everything, but even one cell, they said, is complex as the known universe. One cell. And, and they said, there is inside one cell in your body machinery that is beyond comprehension, the, the, the nanotechnology, the machinery that runs the cell, it, it's so minuscule, but it's so highly advanced technologically, there's, there's no possible way it would be an accident. It's so far beyond any technology we've ever seen. 
study your own body <laughs> to just get a greater. And in fact, the Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. It's very true. The more we can look smaller into things with technology and the more we can look further, the more God just gets bigger. A hundred years ago, we couldn't even fathom what's out there. Now, the more we get these bigger telescopes and, and more powerful microscopes, we can see further into the atoms and deeper into space, and it just gets bigger and more complex. And yet, some people keep saying, well, it must be an accident. This is not on the notes, but if you took a hundred iPhones and just mashed them together for a hundred years, you and I know we wouldn't get a super iPhone. Right? But so much of the world is going, but if you just let it explode, then how in the world do you get stars, universes, bodies, cells that are as complex as the known universe? How? There has to be someone so beyond us, so incredibly powerful and in tune with beauty because the way he made the world, the Grand Canyon... In fact, I've heard people make the argument that the way we're situated in our galaxy allows us to see into the universe. We could have been situated where we couldn't see anything, but the way God put earth and the way it spins and all that, we can see almost everything. And so if you live up in the northern U.S., you get to see aurora borealis, you get to see the stars, and you're just struck with beauty. And it's because there's a God who made all that. And he's a beautiful God. He, he just, he excels in every category. The Songs of Solomon says that he's chief among 10,000. He's, he's, if you lined up 10,000 gods, he's far above all other gods. He's the one that made us. He's the one that's doing this. And so let me bring it back to our level. Our Christian life, our church vision, here at the House of Prayer, we've set a vision that only God could do. I'm believing for 24-7 prayer one day with worship. That'd be so cool to have that here. That makes almost no sense. I mean, being dedicated to God, you know, being faithful in our churches, believing for something is what some would call extreme. I've had people call me extreme. 24-7 prayer. Like, it doesn't make sense unless God is what I'm talking about. Beautiful. It doesn't make sense. I mean, if God's little and he, he's finite and we can come to the end of him and in a thousand years we get tired of him, yeah, it's not worth it. But man, if he's the one who made the stars and the universe and us and he excels in love and patience and kindness at the highest possible conception, then praying without ceasing, like Paul said, that makes sense if that's the God we're thinking about. Many people are thinking, Ah, religion. Religion. I mean, in the in the in the negative sense, uh, I, I'm not I'm not trying to follow Jesus to prove a point or be moral morally superior. I, I'm just in love with this God. I'm in love with Jesus, and so that's why I keep preach. I keep hitting the same drumbeat. Let's do twenty four seven prayer, and and I think it's going to happen. I just don't know when or how. Pray for me. Let me just go down to the very end. I think I've gone pretty much to time here. I've gone over. Oh, boy, help me, Lord. The beauty of God. I've touched on God. I've touched on His beauty a little bit. I love what Psalm 90, verse 17, it says, Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Establish the work of our hands. 
I just wanted to read that because I think there's a connection here. The psalmist in Psalm 90 says, let God's beauty be on us so that the work of our hands could be established. In other words, there is something to knowing how amazing God is that fuels the work we're called to do. If we're, if we're given a God-given vision and it involves labor, because every vision is, then what's going to fuel that long term is not just gritting our teeth and making it happen. And that's important. We'd have to be laborers. Jesus told us to pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth workers, laborers into the harvest field. So that, that is real. That is good. But there's got to be something fueling it. And I think that something is what David's touching on. It's, it's knowing how amazing God is, how majestic, how glorious, how beautiful. It's that what, when we can look at the love of God and, and understand, we'll never come to the end of that. In fact, whatever we have ever thought about the Father or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, whatever we have ever thought, He's better than that. I mean, the, the greatest you've ever been touched by God, He's better than that. That was just a small dose. And so keep, keep hope in your heart. There's, there's only more to be gotten in him. There's only more. We're, he's never going to stop giving himself. And, and, and so I'm, I'm wanting to seek him in this life with all my heart like a David. I want to get a little bit more clarity. I want to be able to, you know, my own heart to be full of the knowledge of God. I want to help a few more people's hearts come alive. But I know the big transition you know, whether we live to be 90, 100, 110, some people, you know, there's, they live way up there. Um, I heard of a lady uh, recently, she survived the, the COVID, and they said she not only survived COVID, she survived the Spanish flu back in like 19, I don't know, way back. She's like lived for so long, she was like 115. So if the Lord blesses us with a long life like that, amen. But when we go to stand before him, I mean, we're going to encounter a glory that we, there's just no possible way to, I mean, the person who made the sun and just sat it there, how do you even talk about this person? He's just beyond our ability to even give language to him, but he's great. He's beautiful. He's amazing. What's so amazing is that that God came to the earth and, and most people didn't recognize him because he came so humble. He came so low. He came to die for us. And even that, communicates his beauty that okay there's this huge god he made the universe what's he like what's he do he came among us and no one really recognized it he was completely obscure for 30 years then he had a ministry for three years he dies on the cross that says so much about what he's like i mean if you have that much power and yet that's how you carry yourself that's someone worth worshiping. That's someone worth getting 24-7 prayer and worship going. That, that is, that's someone I can worship and say, that's my God. My prayer tonight is that the beauty of God would touch us more and more. And that in understanding Him, I mean, just take time in the Word. Just wake up tomorrow morning, open, your, open the Scriptures, and when you see something in the Bible that describes God, just hang out there. Lord, it says here that you're so patient. I want to know more of that. Help me to be like that. By the way, that's the pathway to transformation. It's not, ooh, I got to try to be more patient. It's we see it in God. We see he's patient. We get a revelation and then it touches our heart. We become a little more patient. I need way more of that. Pray for me. <laughs>
Amen. I think I'll just land the plane right there. Amen. Amen. Um, I tell you what, let's do this. In closing, let's just get a partner, uh, someone right next to you or someone behind the row, and let's just pray simply for a minute or two. uh, God, show me your beauty. Show me your majesty. Show me your glory. Teach this to me. I've just barely touched on this subject. I I didn't have that much time. But just put it into your own prayer language for a moment and then just ask the Lord, Lord, show me this this week. Um, when I'm at church, Lord, touch me with your beauty. When I'm at home, uh, let's just take a minute and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll, I'll throw on some music for this prayer time and then we will uh, we'll close out for the night. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org slash donate. That's gphop.org slash donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.